Welcome to the weekly sermons and studies podcast at First Baptist. Today's speaker is our senior pastor, Dr. Jeff Reynolds. Would you pray with me? Lord, with the saints and the angels, we say amen. Come, Lord Jesus. We yearn for the day when all is well, when all is right, when no longer do we have to struggle through a sin-fallen world, where no longer do we have to experience loss in any way. Come, Lord Jesus. Until then, we pray that you would continue to transform us into your likeness. Lord, we trust you and we will follow you and we pray that by the renewing of our minds, you would make us more like Jesus so that when the world sees us, they see less of us and more of Christ. So now as we turn to your word, we pray that you would speak your truth into our hearts. We are ready to receive whatever it is you have to say. And Lord, we ask that you would do work of eternal consequence in us this day. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. On All Saints Day, I think back across the year to the great heroes of the faith who might not be listed in Hebrews chapter 11, but they're listed in my heart. They're listed in your heart. We all have heroes, don't we? People who the world might not know, but we know them, and heaven knows them. For they lived out their faith in such a way that their lives left a legacy in us. One of the most important things I think you can do in any sort of funeral or memorial service is to, is to speak that legacy to the greatest degree that you can, to say these are the lessons that this individual has left with us and we would do well to continue carrying them out, living out our faith in the way that they lived out their faith because the way they lived out their faith made our faith stronger. And that's how it works. That's how it works as we continue to navigate a world in which consequential things are happening. We have a pretty important day on Tuesday. We're praying for everybody who's a part of the races and the votes and all the things that are happening. But we recognize yet again that there is something that is greater that drives all of us who are believers in Jesus. There's something that is more. That something even drives how we're going to vote on Tuesday. That something drives how we're going to treat people this afternoon when we leave this worship experience. That, that something drives the way that we live our lives in our homes and in our places of employment and everywhere we go. And that something is actually someone. And his name is Jesus. And Jesus told us to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven, not on earth. He said that the treasures that we have on earth will be destroyed by moths and rust you imagine the destruction of a pretty little moth? But if you ever experienced the destruction of a pretty little moth, you know it, they can do some real damage. Now, Jesus said, don't store up for yourselves treasures here, because here is fleeting. Here is just a moment. Here will be gone quicker than we think it will. How many of you have found that all those old people were right? You know those old people who said, it goes fast. Well, guess what? The longer we live, the more we become those old people. And we're telling the next generation, it goes fast. Embrace each moment. God is going to show us through the pen of James, the brother of Jesus, what it means to lay up treasures in heaven. Now, it means that we do some positive things. We make some positive investments in things like worship 
and reading our Bibles and studying the Bible within the context of a group and praying and serving and giving, all those things matter. But there's also some things that we need to avoid. Well, James, in his characteristic bluntness, is going to speak prophetically to those who are outside of the community of Christ, and he's going to speak straightforwardly about what awaits those who are not in Christ. That though they have amassed wealth and riches here, that wealth and riches will not buy them entry into heaven, and that wealth and riches will not go with them into the afterlife. So I want to invite you to turn with me to James chapter 5. We're going to move quickly today because this is remarkably straightforward. We're not going to have to ask too many questions about what James is talking about. James chapter 5, if you're in the room, the Red Pew Bible in front of you, we're turning to page 1013. James chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 1 through 6 with this theme, by faith we store treasure in heaven. By faith we store treasure in heaven. James writes as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit saying this, come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Our first point is this, by faith we anticipate judgment. Now again, James throughout his letter has written to believers, but most commentators agree that he is now speaking as an Old Testament prophet would to the people of Israel about those who are not the people of Israel. Well, here James is speaking to the people of God about those who are not the people of God through Jesus Christ, whose sole purpose in life is to do the very best they can here, to eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. They live their lives with no recognition that they are accountable to God. Our first point is that we anticipate judgment. We live our lives in the fear and reverence of Almighty God, recognizing that if God did not love us as He did, He could destroy us in an instant. We also recognize that we will stand before Almighty God. And Peter, I love Peter, in 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse 11, he's talking about the judgment that will come and that, that all that is here will be dissolved. There will be a new heavens and a new earth. And he says, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. On All Saints Day, we think specifically about the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. We think about what will be, the joy of being reunited with those whom we love so very much, and all the life we get to live for eternity. You ever thought of it that way? Heaven's a lot more fleshy than we like to think of it. We like to think of angels and harps and clouds, but There will be a new heaven and a new earth, and we will dwell in the presence of our God on that new earth, and all will be well. As theologian John Eldridge, he's also a Christian counselor, as he would say, nothing is lost in Christ, dear one. But we recognize that we live in anticipation of the fact that we are accountable to God. There are plenty of people who live as if they will never have to give an account to anyone other than themselves, but we're not those people. And James warns those folks and says, listen, weep, howl, lament. In other words, turn to God for what you're doing now won't work, verses 2 and 3. 
Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Our second point, by faith we reject greed. By faith we reject greed. Is there anything wrong with being a Christian and having means? Of course not. What's wrong is being a Christian and your means having you. If your means have you, that means your means are your master. And Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. So the means are there given to you and entrusted to you by Almighty God for your stewardship of His resources. And you'll give an account to Him as to how you managed what He entrusted to your care. So are you living your life based on all that you can amass, or are you living your life with open hands saying, God, these are your resources. How can I bless the world with that which you've entrusted to my care? The people about whom James is speaking here, they don't look at it that way. They look at it as, I want to get everything that I can get because it's all about building my kingdom. But those of us who trust and follow Jesus say, anything the Lord entrusts to my care, I'm going to use to magnify His kingdom. There's a difference. So we reject greed. Verse 4, Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept backed by fraud, are crying out against you, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. Our third point, by faith, we reject fraud. We don't cheat people what they're due. Romans 13 Verse 7 says, pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. No, we don't defraud those. The worker is worthy of his or her wages. And the idea here is that these rich, these wealthy, these people living not in the fear of God were just running roughshod over those who were helping them build their kingdom. It's almost Christmas time. We think of Ebenezer Scrooge. Did he care about Bob Cratchit? No. Who'd he care about? Ebenezer Scrooge. Until he was awakened to the reality that there are others in the world. So we who trust and follow Jesus, we reject fraud. Verse 5, James says, You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. Point four. By faith, we reject self-indulgence. Think of the, the parable that Jesus told of the rich man and Lazarus. You remember Lazarus was the poor guy that, that laid at the gates of this rich man. And he was covered in sores, and the dogs would come and lick his wounds, and all he wanted was the scraps that fell from the rich man's table, but the rich man couldn't be bothered, and so they died. Lazarus was carried to Abraham's bosom. That's heaven. The rich man went into Hades. And the rich man didn't understand. And this is what Jesus said, verse 25 of Luke chapter 16. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. Whenever I meet with a couple to do premarital counseling, the goal of my meeting with them is to get them to pause for two seconds and turn their attention away from the 20-minute ceremony and the four-hour reception, and to the 50 or more years that we hope will come after. Because we can get awfully focused on a few hours on a Saturday, 
and forget about a whole lifetime that comes after. And that can cause problems. How many of y'all have had problems arise in your marriage because you had a really beautiful minute, but you didn't think about what came next? Well, same thing here. Compared to eternity, this life is minuscule. And for those of you who are here for All Saints Day and all of us who've lost people, I want you to be encouraged by the fact that the amount of time that you will have with the folks you miss so much right now will increasingly diminish the amount of time you had without them. Does that make sense? Eternity is forever. We can't understand that. We can't wrap our minds around that. But it's eternity, and it's forever. And the day will come when you look back over the span of your life and realize how short it was, even if you got a century, and the amount of time you had to, you had to miss them will get smaller and smaller and smaller. Verse 6, you have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. Our fifth and final point, by faith, we reject mistreatment. By faith, we reject mistreatment. We're not going to mistreat others to build our kingdoms. That's just not the way we live because that's not the way our Savior lives. No, we build others up. We steward what God has entrusted to our care because we're concerned not about storing up treasure here on earth. We're concerned about storing up treasure in heaven because we realize that this world is not all there is. And we live in the fear and reverence of Almighty God to whom we will give an account one day. Jesus said, and this is at the bottom of your notes in Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice what he didn't say. For where your heart is, there your treasure will be. That makes sense, doesn't it? No, he said where your treasure is, there your heart will be. What are you investing in? Building your kingdom here? Or laying up treasures in heaven where no moth can come and destroy it, no rust can corrode it. And you understand that there is heaven, eternity, glory, joy, peace, hope, love. All that waits for you. So the bottom line is this, am I living for here and now, or am I living for there and then? Those of us who trust and follow Jesus, by faith, we store up treasure in heaven. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time. We'd love to connect with you. Just email connect at firstbaptistbg.org or call 270-842-0331.